Well, hello there, and welcome to The Tea with Ruth. My name is Ruth, and I thank you so much for joining me as we discuss current events, helpful topics, and pretty much anything else on my mind. I'm going to be sharing information, or as some call it, the tea, with you each week, so I encourage you to grab a cup of whatever you want, or do whatever you want, as you listen to each episode, or as I like to call them, each cup. <laughs> I would love for you to interact with me on social media, so please feel free to join the conversations on Instagram, Facebook, and or Twitter. The handle is the T, the letter T, with Ruth, the T with Ruth, and I can't wait to chat with you all. Also, a shout out to Anchor for making this so easy for me to do each week, because seriously, y'all, if I can do this, so can you. <laughs> and most importantly, thank you out there in the internet world for listening to my lovely podcast. I truly do enjoy sharing my thoughts with you all, and I appreciate you for being there. Enjoy this cup of tea as we dive into today's topic. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another cup of tea. This is cup number five. And today we're talking about disappearing democracy. So welcome back to the coffee house, the tea house, wherever you are right now. I appreciate you joining me and let's jump right in. So yeah, a few things have been happening over the past few months. And since the newest change, which we'll talk about, um, it's high time that we chat about this, right? So we're going to start with the definition of democracy. Exactly what is that? So according to the dictionary, right? The Google dictionary, um, democracy is a system of government by the whole population or all eligible members of a state, typically through elected representatives. In other words, it's like government by the people, right? <laughs> so let's start with that. If it's the people... Who are we talking about? Which people exactly? Which then begins our journey back in time to 1965 with the Voting Rights Act, right? So let's start with this one. Our voting rights being taken away. So disappearing democracy, one part of that is to get rid of voters, right? So you hear this in 2022 and you think, no, that's not possible. Um, but yes, it is. So what they've been doing, and when I say they, unfortunately, I mean Republicans in this case, <laughs> um, it's pretty sad, that they are changing congressional maps to dilute the black vote. So what that means is they'll go in and they'll change voting districts, um, limit voting precinct, precincts, uh, make special rules and laws against doing things in voting areas. Um, just so that they can have more white votes, put point blank and clearly, right? So recently, the Supreme Court upheld a decision in Louisiana, recently as in this past week, <laughs> to dilute black votes. Uh, it's been done in Florida. It's been done in Alabama. It's been done in a couple of different states as well. This is their new tactic. So let's be fair and honest, okay? I have more issue with people who can vote but don't vote rather than people who are getting their rights, their voting rights taken away from them somehow, slickly, right? So when people are like, oh, voting, it doesn't matter. It won't make a difference or my vote doesn't count or whatever. I'm always like, shut up, man. How do you know that if you're not voting? So I can't sit here and blame the man 
constantly and people who are trying to take our vote away and stuff when you never voted in the first place. So that's the first issue that I'll deal with is people who have a right to vote, have the opportunity to vote and don't vote. Okay. Um, but then speaking on the other side of that about people who gets to vote, right? So everybody should, because it is a voting right. It is a right to vote, but not everybody has that right. So I remember a couple of years back in 2020, I was actually canvassing with some folk with an organization and we were knocking on doors and trying to get amendment four passed. Well, yay, it got passed. I have my own beliefs on why that happened. The commercial was very strategic, all that good stuff. But then the governor <laughs> decided, nope, can't have that. So we have to put something else in place to make the felons and people who did their time and served their commitment to society or whatever by being in jail and stuff. And then they came out and now they should have their rights reinstated, right? Nope. Do you know how hard it is to get your rights reinstated? Seriously, it's pretty ridiculous and it's costly. And there it is costly. It's a money issue to be honest with you. So anyway, some people who would have had their votes reinstated through amendment four, which was done legally by the people, democracy, right? <laughs> we all voted for it. Well, most of the people voted for it. Um, they were then again, stripped of their rights to vote. So yeah. And another question I've always had about elections is how come election day isn't a holiday in America? Do you know that in some countries it's actually a holiday? Like you get off of work so that you can go and vote. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, some countries you actually get fined for not voting. That's how much they want everyone to have a voice and to have a say in their democratic system. But in America, not so much. That's not the case. So as my cousin Carol said tonight, as we were having our conversation, if they didn't care about your vote, then they wouldn't be trying so hard to stop people from voting, right? Yeah, clearly they don't want some people to vote for a reason. And she's absolutely right. Well said, Cuzzo. Because if they really didn't mind minorities, Blacks, uh, you know, people, disenfranchised people, I hate that word, but whatever. If they didn't want, if they didn't mind us voting, then they would just let us all vote, right? Like, hey, everybody come to the polls, everybody vote. But they know full well that if more people in America took notice and actually started voting in America, then things would change drastically. Things would change drastically. And that's because many of the people who vote are, this. it's like, it's just a system that continues to perpetuate itself. That's all. The same type of people vote, so the same type of people keep getting in. And we need to change that. We really do. So the next thing that has changed, and this is why I thought this was a very timely issue, is that Roe versus Wade got changed. Roe v. Wade, as we know it. Um, so this is about abortion and the right for a woman to have an abortion. So this one's very interesting. Um, back in the seventies, there's this woman named Norma McCorvey, who we all know as Roe, Jane Roe. That was her name. Um, so back in the seventies, she had, her, her story is amazing. If you ever get a chance, just look it up. Google the original, like the real Jane, Jane Roe or whatever. Um, but she, she had a horrible childhood. She ended up with three kids in between that time. She became a lesbian and then much later in life, she became a Christian. And then she actually denounced Roe versus Wade and hated her part in it. But then on her deathbed, she said it was all some kind of a ploy and 
that it was whatever. It, who knows? And then she said it wasn't real, but she was still pro-choice and that they made her do it and she was taking their money basically and it was a scam but if you ask me that whole woman's life was a scam she was just so messed up for real her life growing up prepared her to be a con artist if you ask me and that's who she ended up being so anyway i say that to say that back in the 70s the supreme court gave the women the right over their own bodies and they would be able to end the pregnancy and then through the decades things changed and um, organizations popped up and whatever. So now fast forward to 2022, we now no longer have rights for women over their bodies. And it's just weird because I've grown up in the era of Roe versus Wade. So for me, it's very, it's just different. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, it's sort of like the voting rights. Like what? I grew up with voting rights. How are you? What do you mean? My voting rights are being fringed upon. It's not possible because this is how I grew up. So it's just having to flip the script and change my mindset on some of these things, including the fact that many states are changing their abortion laws. Because now, since the Supreme Court knocked down Roe v. Wade, it just means that individual states get to make their own rules and laws and whatnot. And so that's what's happening. And some are jumping on it immediately. I mean, some are waiting for whatever. There's just different. Now it's just whatever. Anything goes in any one state. And it's just weird and random and just so unorganized. So just a little bit about me. I would consider myself to be pro-life because I believe everyone has a right to live. But am I going to tell you what to do with your body? Mm -mm, I'm sorry. No, it's not my it's not my that's not my job. It's not why I'm here. As long as I don't have to pay for or care for something that you did, then that's on you. Now, I don't agree with government funding being used to pay for abortions. I don't believe in government funding that it should be used to to fund anything dealing with abortions. I think that is a personal choice that you should have to deal with since basically that's a choice you made. 9 out of 10 times, 9.9 .9 out of 10 times. Let's just say that, okay? Now, what I'm not in favor of 100% is late-term abortions because that's just straight-up murder. Um, because here's my thing. I've never understood this. If you are pregnant and you get killed and your baby dies, somebody can be charged for second or two murders, the murder of the, of the woman and the murder of the child. But yet, if I go to an abortion clinic and I'm still the same amount of pregnant and I abort my baby, that's not... A murder but that was just always stupid to me so that's just never been clear um but i also don't agree with abortions as a mean of birth means of birth control like if you have to go to an abortion get an abortion because you weren't practicing safe sex or you or whatever and you have to get an abortion constantly which is so rare like i want I, I, that's the other thing i want people to realize there are so many rarities out there so like case in point okay I am pro-life, but I definitely believe there should be cir special circumstances given because like incest, imminent death of the mother, um, rape, that's just to name of just a few of them, right? So can you imagine having to go through nine months of pregnancy at the age of like 12 or so because your dad, your uncle, your cousin, some family member or whatever raped you and you have to carry this thing inside of you that you don't even want because of the trauma that it's going to cause you and is causing you for the rest of your life. Like, should you really have to live with that? That's not for me to tell. Like, I'm not the 12 year old who has to go through that. And that has happened, but it's so rare. It's not like it's happening over and over again and all the time, but it does happen.
um, then there's other rarities. Like, yes, the baby might um, be in a position where it could kill the mother. That's rare as well. Uh, there's just so many rarities that people always put these few things to the top of the list. Like, yeah, well, we should be able to have abortions because what about this? Okay, I understand. And yes, that's where special circumstances come in. But come on, let's be realistic. That is not the majority. It's not why the majority of people are having abortions, okay? Um, now, another issue that can be brought up is what does the father have to say? This woman did not have a baby on her own, did not produce a baby on her own. There had to be someone that helped her in this situation. Um, Dave Chappelle says it best in his Sticks and Stones comedy act. I'm sorry, he goes, if I can, it, well, he says, if you can kill the baby, then at least I should be able to abandon it. Because <laughs> he's talking about paying child support, you know, being involved. Because if a father decides, you know what, I don't want to have this baby with you. Can you please abort it? The woman could be like, no, it's my body and I'm going to keep the baby. Mm -hmm. She has the right to do that. Absolutely. But flip the script. And if there's a father who's like, you know, I'm 40, I'm ready to have a baby. Now you're pregnant. This is great. And she's like, yeah, but I'm not ready. I'm only 34 or whatever, you know? And she's like, I'm not ready. Then she has the right to go ahead and abort that baby. And that's not her baby alone. That's their baby. So does he have a say? I, that's something that's always been on my mind as well. Even before the Dave Chappelle thing, I've always thought, but what about the father? What if he wants the baby? And I know it's not him carrying it. So that's where the difference comes in and all that stuff. I get that. But still, I understand it's your body, but you aren't the only one that helped to create that baby. So someone else should also have a say in that. Especially again, when it comes to a guy being like, no, I don't want the baby. So anyway, that's just something to think about as well. Um, so I will leave this situation or this this uh, topic with these couple of questions. So if you're a pro-life person, right? So what's your next step? Yay, you won. You're going to sit there and gloat. No, that's not it. Um, are you signed up to help at adoption centers? Are you ready to step up and financially help those who are going to need help because they can't afford a baby? or whatever, and now they're, they're being forced to keep it. Just what do you do now? What's your next step? Because if your answer is nothing, just yay, we won, then you were never pro-life in the first place. You were just anti-abortion, which let's be honest, that's what most people are <laughs> who are pro-life because they don't really care about the life of an adult. We, we've seen this time and time again, innocent people getting killed and people not caring, oh, whatever, they should have, blah, blah, blah. But that's a life. So aren't you pro-life? You should be pro that life as well. But you don't. You only care about the lives of fetuses, which then means you're just anti-abortion. So just call it what it is. And let's not pretend that adoption is on the rise because it's not. And that the, and the foster care system is totally overrun. And it's not really that great. So what exactly are you going to do as a pro-lifer to now help this situation now that things have changed? That's my question for you. But then if you're pro-choice, what will you do now? I know you're going to still fight it, and I get that. But now women who don't have a choice, right, will need your help. And so now will you use your choice, will you use your power to be able to help those with no choice, to be able to make good decisions and to be able to support and whatever the situation is, how will you use your platform now? And maybe this might be a, chance for people to use their choice more so in in, in their in their choice decision making of being 
who they're going to lay with. So maybe this might help people be more particular about who they're sleeping with and all that stuff so that they don't get pregnant in the first place. Because that's a choice that people overlook a lot. A lot of pro-choicers overlook the fact that you had a choice to lay down. And again, this is the majority, not those outliers and not those few cases, but we have a choice at the onset of all of this. You can choose to use protection. You can choose to be on birth control. You can choose many things to prevent a pregnancy, but that's not what happens. So whatever. Anyway, it would just create less, less bad choices all around, but whatever. Um, so here's one thing that's really sad though, right? I just read this the other day that some jobs will actually pay for women to get an abortion. <laughs> some jobs will corporations, organizations, businesses, all that stuff. But do you know why they're doing that? They're doing that because they don't want to pay for your maternity care, for your maternity leave. <laughs> and then look at the healthcare in America as well. Like it's horrible. Sometimes people die. It is the first world country and people still die having babies. Okay. It just doesn't make any sense. So if I'm looking at the healthcare system and I'm looking at all these other options, I mean, an abortion might be my only choice, right? Which is horrible to say. But that is the case that some people come up with. So either way, on either side, it's a hot mess. But I do encourage you to do your research on abortions, no matter what side you're on, because it will actually surprise you who gets most abortions and why. I don't believe the notion that's in the news about blacks and city, whatever, and all this stuff, because black people are having babies left and right. Okay, we all see that. We all know it. It's, it's all out there. Maybe this is a way to get the white population back up with their numbers having more baby, who knows, whatever it is, it's not like people are waking up the next day saying, you know what? I think I'm gonna get rid of a baby today. That's not what people think. There's a lot that goes on into the decisions that people have to make when it comes to an abortion. And I, for one, will never judge anyone on either side. I know some people who've had abortions before. I don't treat them any differently. I don't see them any differently. That's a choice that they made because that's a choice they felt that they had to make. And that's a decision that they have to live with for the rest of their lives. And I understand that decision, either decision to keep a baby or to abort a baby can be very super difficult. Oh my gosh, I would never want to be in that position. And I'm grateful to have to never have been in that position. But that's just by the grace of God, y'all. Okay. That is by the grace of God. So <sighs> bottom line is this though. Abortion is like guns, right? It's political. And there's lots of money in it and it's more money than it is helping people period so check your side okay and just make sure that you're in it for the right reasons and that if you're in it that you're in it to really help all the way around okay all right and so the third thing i'm gonna talk about when it comes to disappearing democracy and this is something i just learned about it's about our loss of the miranda rights laws so no longer are you allowed to sue the police for violating our rights. Okay, so this actually comes from the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871. It was during Reconstruction, right? What it was created for was to help freed slaves from the oppression and corruption of the police, prosecutors, judges, and other people in power who would terrorize Blacks or allow Blacks to be terrorized. So... The Ku Klux Klan was going around wreaking havoc, of course, and some police would look the other way. Judges would not prosecute. Like, there was a whole bunch of stuff that was happening, so they had to create this law, right, or this, this act. The act was created, and now, over 150 years later, it's no longer a thing. So now there's little accountability 
for cops, little to no accountability for cops and the courts when they do illegal things. They're no longer able to be sued and they're given immunity. So again, things and organizations are put ahead of the rights of people. We keep seeing this, specifically minorities, and we keep seeing this over and over and over again. Disappearing democracy. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to post a video from the Tiffany D. Cross show from Facebook. Um, it talks about this one issue in more detail and in depth. Um, so I just want you to watch that so you can get more knowledge about it. But it was really, really good. So please go check that out. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm just at a loss right now with America because... I mean, speaking of the reconstruction period, I really do believe that sometimes we're headed back in that direction, that they're trying to take away our rights so much that pretty soon we're not going to have any. And we're going to be back in a position where we were decades ago um, in a reconstruction period and beyond the reconstruction era. And it was pretty scary, you guys. Like, anyway, I hope not, but hoping hasn't done anything for us yet, has it? Anyway. Um, I just see a trend of our democracy disappearing before our very eyes and it's very scary and I want to know what you can do about it. So go ahead and shout it out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of our social media. It's at the tea with Ruth and I want to hear about what you know, what's going on. What changes have you seen? What's, what's disappearing in democracy in your idea, in your mind? Um, go ahead and tell me about it because I'd love to find out more um, and discuss this a little bit more with you guys. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. It is the tea with Ruth because it's the truth and we will see you on here next week. Have a great week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.